0: Hello and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host here. I just want to quickly go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. And also to thank the sponsors out there who have put some sponsorship on the show and thank the fans out there who have actually chimed in from week to week basis to give us some insight on the show so today's show we're talking a little bit about uh week one here and what we saw in yesterday's football game and then just going into the nba playoffs we'll be talking about uh, the games that we saw today and then if we have some time hopefully we can move into games coming up tomorrow so without further ado let's go ahead and jump right into the show and the first topic has to be the houston texas versus the kansas city chiefs um they actually start off the nfl season here in this opener um in kansas city and just kind of going back as to what we kind of saw in this game and the take take takeaway from this really um from this game so just kind of looking at the stat sheet um you know The Kansas City Chiefs end up winning the football game 34 to 20. Uh, But the big story for me was just how crisp the offense of Kansas City looked really I mean Patrick Mahomes when you look at the stats was 24 32 Um, you know hit on 75% of his passes three touchdowns Uh, he was spectacular really and I know he didn't really blow it up as far as the yardage and everything is concerned but the one thing that I saw that was impressive really is he kind of picked up where he left off from last year and this offense is a bit more dangerous now because when you look at what Clyde Edwards was able to do, the young rookie uh, coming out of LSU, 25 rushing attempts, 138 yards, 27 was as long as, any he had one touchdown. Um, the one thing that I like about this, and I think this is going to make Kansas City just that much more dangerous here, is the fact that when you have A workhorse like this and you're able to consistently give this guy 25 carries and he's able to get you you know 100 plus yards or so that is going to make this offense more dangerous because it almost is basically making them not only an offense that can score at will but they're also an offense that can possibly turn into a ball control offense without having to dink and pass the ball down the field if Kansas City can continue to run the football like this, it almost gives Kansas City an extra defender really because I've always been in favor that if you're an offense and you can stay on the field, You're basically cutting down the possessions that the other team has, and you're also giving the max amount of rest to your defense. And I think that this is going to be beneficial for the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward. And like I said, Clyde Edwards, to me, was the real deal. Um, he, He was... He was spectacular. I mean, when he was running the football, I loved how he finished runs. And when I say finished runs, uh, he initiated contact and was able to get two, three, four yards after contact and really bully his way through. Um, So he was terrific. Uh, Don't know how to say his last name, so I just call him Clyde Edwards. But uh, terrific, terrific young man here out of LSU. Played terrific minutes here for the Kansas City Chiefs from the backfield and I think to be honest with you they haven't really had that type of uh, a prolific rusher like that since Kareem Hunt left and he might even be better than Kareem Hunt in the long run I mean from what I saw he was spectacular and looking in the receiving core very interesting to see Sammy Watkins actually lead uh, the receiving core with the seven receptions 82 yards and the touchdown very active with targets there. Uh, six to Travis Kelsey as expected, and he got a touchdown, and so did Tariq Hill. So the the, the, the big guns here in the offense did get uh, get the, the, the targets and everything like that. It just was a little shocking to see Sammy Watkins continue based off his, his playoff run that he had last year. Really did a terrific job of getting into the secondary, uh, making himself available, for Patrick Mahomes, and he was able to, to take advantage of the targets that he was getting. So he had a pretty good one. Um, when I look on the other side of the ball here and you look at what Deshaun Watson and those guys were, were able to do, at times they were a little sloppy. They just weren't able to sustain drives like they wanted to. Um, Deshaun Watson did get a rushing touchdown. Um, and then David Johnson, he had a pretty good debut here. Um, coming over from Arizona with the 11 for 77 yards and a touchdown as well. Will Fuller, Will excuse me, you knew he was going to have a lot of targets and a lot of receptions, especially since um, DeAndre Hopkins is not there. So I was curious to see what they would do from the re- receiving corps standpoint and you know will fuller was 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 right on cue cue with the fact that he had the uh, eight receptions for the 112 yards um 31 was as long as zero touchdowns but he did get the majority of the targets here um and i think that when you look at the texans as a whole this maybe i i think is where they they might struggle because of how dynamic uh DeAndre Hopkins was um, and then you get rid of a guy like that that was a thousand yard receiver Um, you know I'm I'm curious to see now okay where does Deshaun Watson go because I think a lot of the games are going to be put on his shoulders Um, and you hope that you know Will Fuller can continue at this pace but I think a lot of times you know he's going to have to probably Uh, rely on his legs a lot more than what he has in the past and you know I know Deshaun Watson can get it done that way but I I think that this might be a year where he has to utilize his legs a little bit more Um, you know because with the receiving corps you know Randall Cobb they didn't really use him as much as I thought they would Brandon Cooks is another guy that you know He could be a potential big guy for them um, to step up. I know he's had a ton of concussion problems. And, you know, it's kind of wondering if, you know, he still has something left in the tank. So it's interesting. I mean, they have Kenny Stills, David Johnson, who's obviously a great target out of the backfield. I just think that it's going to be done by committee, really, for the Houston Texans. And I think, you know, a lot of onus is going to be put on Uh, Deshaun Watson and his legs to really make some things happen here. Um, You know, defensively, I I thought that, you know, the Texas defense really competed well. I thought they did as as best they could, um, considering the fact that they obviously were going against the best offense, you know, in the game. Um, I just think a lot of the times, you know, it was tough because when uh, the Texans would come up empty, on offense, you know, it's just the Chiefs are coming right back at you um, on their offensive end and, and kind of just just kind of grinding you away that way. So um, and, it, and like I said, it was a little sloppy at times for the, the Texans and not so much for the the Chiefs and which could be expected with no preseason ball. So, um, you know, that's kind of my thoughts on the game It's just, you know, the final thought is that Kansas City is still going to be really good. Clyde Edwards is probably the real deal um, and <clears throat> you know I think the Texans are going to be in it in the long run uh, they just were a little sloppy here today but I think that they're going to be um, you know good for the overall pitcher here so just a, a tough tough matchup to start off with and so moving forward we'll shift gears over here to uh, now the NBA and kind of you know what we saw here today with the Boston Celtics uh, and Toronto, and then we have Denver and the Los Angeles Clippers. So I'll start with the Denver and Los Angeles Clippers game. Um, This was a shocker. I mean, with the Clippers up 16 points here, uh, Kawhi and company just were in complete control here. And for Denver to go on the run that they did to... uh, to, to, to pull it out to get a game six was just incredible here. Um, you know, like I said, it, it was just complete dominance here because when you look at the stat sheet here, 36 from Kawhi, 26 from uh, Paul George. You had 12 from Marcus Morris, Morris Sr. Um, you have the 10 from Patrick Beverly. Uh, Zubox had five. Uh, looking on their bench here, I think Montreus Harrell had a pretty good one as well. Um, Actually, it was three of seven. So only three of seven. Lou Williams struggled two of ten. He's kind of been struggling throughout the series. But, you know, looking over here, the big story for Denver was the fact that Paul Millsap was able to get it done in the fourth or third quarter, excuse me, where he scored 14 of his 17 to really give them a spark. Um, I, I also go into there was one point in the game where, Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. got into it with Millsap, and Millsap didn't back down from him. Um, I think that it was a situation where the the Clippers were essentially, uh, you know, pretty much bullying the Denver Nuggets until that point, and I think that that was probably the shift that they needed. Um, And like I said, I just, I don't know how the Clippers lose this game. Um, You know, I don't know if it was just lack of focus Um, or or really what it was because, like I said, you're up the 12 to 14 points. You know, Kawhi is doing what Kawhi does, um, you know, especially coming out in the closeout effort. Paul George and the rest of the team kind of followed. And then, like I said, the third quarter, you know, they just kind of – they let, you know, Paul Millsap get off. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, I think they went on a a spurt or something like that where it was about four minutes where they didn't actually score. Um, So it was – it's definitely tough, but I think if you are a Clippers fan, um, you're looking at the plus here. I mean, Kawhi Leonard played well, Paul George played well. Um, I think just defensively, you've got to to get back to the principles that got you to a three-one game. Um, it looked like Jamal Murray kind of got some life there in the fourth quarter, um, you know, because he had 26. Uh, the Joker had 22. Um, Jaron Grant 10 so they got some timely shooting from them as well um, and some timely plays from Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench so you know again I I, I like the Clippers here you know hopefully to close out here I think that you know they're going to go back and look at the tape of this thing and see the opportunity that they missed on Um, I think they're going to have to come out a bit more tougher here uh, you know than than they did here in even game five because you know i think now that denver's woken um they seem to play well when their backs against the wall and i think that this is a situation where the clippers are going to have to come out early in game six and i think even more intense than they came out here in game five tonight and i think that You know, now once they get over into the third and fourth quarter, um, they're really going to have to to key in and lock in and continue with those defensive principles that they've been using throughout the series. Like I said, they've been making it really tough, um, you know, especially on the two man game between the Joker and Jamal Murray. Um, You knew just coming in that Jamal Murray was going to definitely struggle, um, you know, because he got 50-50 and like 40 against the Jazz. But Um, I saw an interesting stat there that there's been no other player that's had a major drop off from a series like Jamal Murray has since 2005. I think it was like Sean Marion. So just that right there, you have to tribute to the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Limmer, Patrick Beverly, uh, Montress Harrell. Those guys have just really been defending at a high level on Jamal Murray on those pick and roll sets. Uh, really making it tough for him to get to the basket Uh, he's always got a hand in his face and then also too they're doing a great job and and kind of closing out on the joker here so a tough pill to swallow if you're a clippers fan but definitely um you know there's some some heart here shown by denver Um, and I, i guess if you're a denver fan you're looking at the fact that somehow some way denver finds a way to get it done with their backs against the wall um, I don't anticipate this going to Game Seven. I, I think that this is a much tougher team, um, you know, especially with the adjustments that I'm sure Doc Rivers is going to make um, for Game Six. I, I just think this is a tall order for the Nuggets, and I I'd like the Clippers to probably close this out on Sunday. Not saying that it's going to be easy, but I think it uh, certainly is going to be. Um, definitely the situation here in game six. So uh, moving forward, the next game of the night was the Toronto Rafters and the Boston Celtics. Um, In this series, I had picked this going to seven. I thought that Toronto would ultimately win this series. Um, I was rooting for both clubs. I I, I like Boston. I do like Toronto as well. Um, You know, Got to tip your hat off to tr- to Toronto. You know, I know they lost tonight 92 to, to, to 87, uh, but the game was right there. It was right there for them. They were within a possession to win the game, just couldn't dig it out. Um, unfortunate that Cal Lowry fouled out on the play that he did foul out on, going for a loose ball. That was tough. Uh, but you look at what Jason Tatum was able to do the 29 points, the 12 rebounds. Um, you know he was spectacular tonight I think he had like seven eight assists. um you look at what like uh, let me look at the stats here like Jalen Brown he had 21 um, Kimball Walker 14 uh, 16 from Marcus smart who who played terrific and probably made one of the plays of the game with his block um, on Norman Powell late and then the rebound from Jason Tatum kind of sealed this thing late too as well um, you know, and looking at what happened with with Toronto, Pascal Siakam 13. Um, you get four from OG, uh, six from Marcus Al, 20 from Van Fleet, and then uh 16 from Kyle Lowry. Um Serge Ibaka had a pretty good one. He shot five of nine there from the field. Norman Powell came in and did his thing too as well respectively they had 11 and 14 points coming off the bench so um you know it, it just to me what this this series kind of came down to is is you know who was going to make the key stops and who is going to make the, the key the key buckets at the the critical times in the games and you know it it turned out that it was Boston down the stretch at this particular game when they needed it the most. Um, you know, this series took an interesting turn. I mean, Toronto almost went down 3-0 in the series. Um, credit to to OG for coming out and making that three-pointer to kind of get them back into the series. And when you look at it from this standpoint, um, and I'll start with Toronto, I think that their biggest issue there is that Yes, they lose Kawhi Leonard, but then it really Kawhi Leonard's load kind of fell on Pascal Siakam and Pascal Siakam admittedly, he you know, he said it too in the press conference. He never got to the point where um, he, he dominated some games and kind of carried Toronto um, as they needed because, you know, he, he, he averaged 23 in the season, but I think for Toronto to advance they needed probably him to average probably maybe even 30 I'd say they probably needed him to step it up to get them 30 every night or close to 30 every night in order to kind of get it done and it's a learning experience for Pascal Siakam this team is very good um they do have some key free agents that they're gonna have to 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 address um Nick Nurse, I think, is a, a heck of a coach. I think he did a terrific job in, in really utilizing and maximizing um, Toronto's team, their depth and everything else. And I just think that, you know, they're going to have to answer some questions as far as, you know, who they're going to sign. Because like Fred Van Fleet, um, he's a free agent. I, I think Marcus Gasol might be a free agent as well. Um, I'm not sure about uh, Serge Ibaka and those guys like that. But, you know, they got some free agency that they're going to have to address. And I just think that they're going to look back at the tape there. And, you know, I think Pascal Siakam's going to have to be a lot better when it comes down to the playoffs. He's going to have to play um, or give them more from a scoring standpoint on a night-to-night basis. Because he just had a tough series. Kyle Larry, love how he competed Uh, Fred Van Fleet I thought he played well and stuff like that Um, I thought the team you know fought as hard as they could because when you look at their guards and everything like that uh, Boston was a bit bigger on the perimeter and that's where not that they struggled but it was tough because you know Cal Lowry and those guys you're you're asking for a tall order for them to check you know Jason Tatum Jalen Brown um, you know Marcus Smart like those guys, they they had the size over Toronto, um, which is why you see a lot of different type of defensive sets and stuff like that. Um, you know, because they're trying to hide their bigs and stuff like that, and make it tough for Boston. And they did as much as they possibly could. Um, just like I said, they just they missed just that little bit of scoring punch that they needed um, in the critical situations. And shifting and moving forward and looking at Boston, you know their situation is obviously they're going to get better they're going to have Gordon Hayward coming back into the bubble so that's going to help them out as far as being able to sub some guys and get some guys some rest here um and still be effective with that second unit on the floor um Kimball Walker had to play well um and he played just well enough today for them to get the win um I felt The same as in the sense that he was going to be the key as far as, you know, the pace and everything like that. Um, I'd love to take a look at the stats because I think when he struggled, the team kind of struggled. But, you know, they got a valuable contribution from him. Uh, Jason Tatum was absolutely terrific. Jalen Brown was terrific as well. He had a a heck of a series guarding Pascal Siakam, so he made it tough on him throughout um and then daniel tice and marcus smart timely plays um great defense from marcus smart throughout the series uh tice i think was terrific as far as being uh, a good rim protector showed that he had great hands able to finish plays around the basket when they really needed it in clutch situations and then not to take away from boston's bench as well like they got some valuable contributions from their rookie grant williams uh, Brad Wanamaker, um, you know, crafty veteran when you look at it because he's coming from overseas. I remember when he played um, at the University of Pittsburgh, he was, he was tough then. Uh, Robert Williams came in and gave him some minutes as well. And like I said, you know, that second unit's only going to get better. Uh, you 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 have Gordon Hayward coming back into the bubble um, after he hurt his ankle, so he should be available for that the Miami series. And, um, you know, I... To be honest with you, it, between Miami and Boston, I think that that's probably going to go down to seven games. Um, as good as Jimmy Butler and those guys have been, these are two teams that defend very well. Um, you know, there's some size differential with Miami. Miami's a little bit bigger than Boston, um, but Boston has gotten it done with the way that they've been able to be crafty, scorey, or crafty and, and be able to score. And they've been able to defend at a high level. And anytime you defend at a high level and cause turnovers, um, obviously you're getting easy baskets. You're, you're getting uh, baskets before you're, you're having to go into half court sets and things like that. So, you know, that's kind of going to be the key, I think, to that series is just essentially – who is going to be able to get stops and get those stops and turn them into turnovers and score at the other end? Because either way you look at it, when they get into a half-court game, the game's going to get slower. It's going to get tougher uh, because there's such good defense on both teams. Um, it's going to be tough sledding to kind of score in a in a half-court game. And if I were to to really bet on a team right now. Um, it's funny because I picked Miami as a dark horse to come out of this thing. Um, I, I like Miami still, uh, but it would not shock me if Boston were to to, to outright to to take it. I, it really wouldn't. But you know, Miami's still my dark horse. I, I like how Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, Drogage, Jimmy Butler, Bam have played just outstanding. Um, But like I said before, it's going to be tougher, but it is certainly plausible that they can come out of the Eastern Conference with the the win here against Boston. But I believe it is going to take seven. Um, But we'll see, Um, you know, that like I said, it, it can get even tougher for Miami, depending on what they get back with gordon hayward that is what boston gets uh you know with gordon hayward coming back is going to make it tougher um, for miami i think in that series to get that added score so you know with that being said um you know that's kind of it for the show uh for today um you know, I definitely want to go ahead and thank our fans out there. I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. Thank our sponsors out there that have put some sponsorship on the show. And I'll definitely let you know that we'll be back the show with some more content. Um, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We'll be back.